Well, over the last several weeks, we have been talking about the importance of showing up, right? Showing up for our families, our kids, our teens, our friends. And uh, hopefully you already started putting that into practice, right? Yeah, well, there's like two of you. <laughs> Some of you, you know, you go, I want to. I want to put the whole thing. I want to show up. I need to be there for my family, my friends. But I'm, I'm struggling, and maybe this is why this message is for you. It's a struggle with the when. Like we say, when am I supposed to do it? When am I supposed to have time? Because you don't have any margin in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about, that extra space in our life where God can really speak to us and God can have his own way. But we are our own enemies, right? When it comes to margin, we invade our margin. Remember when going to the bathroom was just going to the bathroom? Now you take your phone. And you do things. It's kind of gross. It's more than kind of gross, but you do, you know? And you're checking things, you're emailing, you're looking at videos, you're Facebooking. One of these days you're going to make a mistake and it's going to be horrible. But we fill up our time. There's a lot of things competing. There's a lot of media. There's a lot of things that will take your margin if you give it to it. If you give in to it, there'll always be one more show to watch or one more thing to do or one more opportunity to hang out or to be somewhere else. And then what happens is you lose your margin. But I want to tell you, it's not God's plan for you to live a life with no margins. He doesn't want you worn out. God is the one who invented the Sabbath. Hello? <laughs> Some of you, you already started. <laughs> You're like, and the rest of you, it's just a matter of a few hours now, right? Sunday afternoon is still a good time for naps. That's why they put golf on Sunday afternoon. Those green pastures and still waters and those guys whispering in English accents. <laughs> but margin is this, the amount available beyond what is necessary. Think about that. How much time, how much margin do you have in your life beyond what is necessary? How much time do you have with God? How much time do you have to learn, to study, to rest? How much time do you have to apply the things that we've talked about the last few weeks? To have... Because we said all of those things are like time over time, stories over time, fun over time. There's time involved in all of them. And if margin gets pushed out, then the best of intentions doesn't matter. We just time out. We don't have the time to do it. And so Jesus teaches us this lesson. Make some noise for Luke chapter 10. While Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into the town, and a woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. And Martha had a sister named Mary. Some of you are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha, and they also had a brother named Lazarus that would be mentioned at another time. But here it's Mary and Martha, and, and so Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, and she's listening to him teach. Verse 40, but Martha was busy with all the work to be done. And she went in and she said, hands on her hips, or maybe she brought one up like that. And she said, Lord, 
don't you care that my sister left me all alone to do all the work? Tell her, Lord, tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. That's like getting your middle name. If you get the first name twice, kind of, it's like Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is important. And Mary has chosen the better thing. And it will never be taken away from her. Mary has chosen the one thing, the better thing. If you're taking notes, that's the title, one thing. She's chosen the right thing. Now, is work going to be neglected? Is dinner going to be late? Perhaps. But when Jesus takes the stage, the play is over. When Jesus shows up, it's time to worship, not impress. It's time to surrender. It's time to get down, not puff up. And in this passage, Martha gives a perfect illustration of what living without a margin looks like. Martha was so distracted preparing for Jesus that she's missing out on being with Jesus. Her house, the dinner, the duties, all of this busyness consumed her, frustrated her, robbed her. But friends, Jesus was in her house. Jesus was in her house. He was in her house and she's still thinking about vacuuming. She's thinking about the pot roast. She's thinking about the pie. She's thinking about the countertops. Instead of saying, where's my heart? I want to worship him. And Martha, that's just kind of her style. This is the way she was in the story of Lazarus. It's similar. She sends a message and says, Lord, my brother, the one you love is sick. Come and heal my, my brother. And Jesus gets the message and says, let's stay away a few more days. So when he comes, Lazarus is now dead. And it says, the first one to greet him, Martha, hands on the hips. Lord, if you had come, my brother would not have died. And Jesus goes on to give her a theology lesson. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, right? It's great. It's all truth. We all need theology lessons. Mary comes up. If you study this in scripture, John 11 says the exact same thing. But she says it from her knees. Lord, if you had come, my brother would not have died. And Jesus looks at her and says, where have they laid the body? Let's go get him. You see, he responds to rather than our expectation and our rules and how God does it and we want God to fix this and we want God to be on time and we want God to do the miracle when we want the miracle. We wanted healing. He wants resurrection. We want it in our time. God says, you gotta trust my time. And I tell you this, lots of heartbreak happens when God doesn't do what we want him to do. We just like, God, you really missed one. That was perfect timing, God. Where were you? This would have been an ideal time. Where were you? Why didn't you show up? You see, Martha wanted to be seen by Jesus. Mary wanted to be hidden with Jesus. You know, it's like if you come to church for attendance, 
instead of worship, you'll always leave frustrated. Well, that person didn't talk to me. That person was rude. They probably didn't see you. They probably didn't mean to be rude. But what did you say to them? How did you approach them? How big was your smile? Were you approachable? Be quiet, Pastor Chili. All right. I got it. See, we want to be seen. We want to be, hey, I did my time. I did my thing. I showed up. I'm a good person. I paid in the offering. I'm, I'm a good. I, I did all the right things. Mary goes, can we just sit in the presence of Jesus? Can we just worship Jesus? I don't care if you see me or not, as long as I experience the presence of God. You see, if our motives are wrong, we're headed for a heart attack of faith. Headed for a heart attack of faith if our motives are wrong. So allow me this morning just to give you a little CPR. All right, three quick points. CPR, first one. All right, you got to control your stress. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, there's like four of us have stress. That's good, that's good. We're, I, I can just skip this point. When margin decreases, stress increases. Just know that when margin, the edges get pushed out, stress gets pushed up. And Martha noticed what others were doing wrong, but she missed out on herself. Never a point did she go, I really just want to worship you, but I got all these chores. She was just saying, make Mary do what I'm doing, because what I'm doing is more important than what Mary's doing. Because there's plenty of room at the foot of Jesus for any of you who want to worship him. There's plenty of room. You see, stress does not come from God. It's a choice we make. Stress is a response. Oh, so we can't just like curse the devil with your foul stress. No, you have to understand that you respond with stress. You respond to what's going on. See, there's the feeling that the world's imposing itself on us. But notice I said feeling. That's because, newsflash, the world is not actually imposing itself upon us. The world's just going about doing its spinning. It's just spinning. It's not trying to stress you out. It's not trying to make you crazy. But what are some of the things you're currently stressing about? Is it your job? Is it your money? Is it your home? Is it your future? Is it school? What are the things that stress you out? What are the things that, that cause you to, to be so frustrated? Fill in that blank this morning. Come on, think about it. What is your number one stressor? Do you know what it is? Because if you do, then how is that stress affecting your life? Now that you know what it is, what is it doing to your life? Is it ulcers? Is it insomnia? Is it weight gain? Is it strained relationships in your life? Look at what it's doing to you. And you know it's there, and you know where it's coming from, but we allow it because we won't push out our margins and say, I need to be still and know that he's God. I need to pause for a minute. I need to just sit in his presence and not feel condemnation for wanting to just be with Jesus. Because I can't give to my kids, and I can't give to my teens unless it's out of the overflow of my life. I need that time. I need those moments. And so we need to look at the specific ways that we can begin the process of reducing the stress in our life. Because stress is a response. 
and it can be corrected. Look what Paul says, Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, then you will experience God's peace, not God's stress. You'll never find in scripture a word God's stress. But you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. That's the great part of it. We don't even know how we got it. But he gives it. Because we pray instead of stress. We, we give God our worry. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You got to get into God. You got to spend time in his word, spend time in his presence. That's not negotiable. If you don't have margin in your life for alone time with Jesus, you're going to spend a lot of time very stressed and very frustrated and wondering why the world seems to be getting ahead of you or getting out of control. Talk to the one who made the world. Talk to the one, the only one who ever made the, stand, the sun stand still. Talk to that one. Talk to the one who understands what's going on in your life and always has a strategy. When that door closes, he will open a window. He will always get you through. So you gotta control the stress, that's the C. The P in CPR, you gotta pursue relationships. When margin decreases, your relationship intimacy decreases. Martha is willing to jeopardize her relationship with her sister and her savior at this moment. Seems unbelievable, really. You know, like, you wouldn't want to do that. But she's so wanting God to notice her and do what she wants. She's willing to throw her sister under the bus and criticize Jesus for not handling her situation the way she wanted it handled. I'll tell you something. There's a lot of bitter people out there because God didn't do it the way you wanted him to. But it wasn't because Jesus wasn't there and Jesus isn't sovereign. But sometimes the best thing you can do is worship Jesus and not tell him what to do. Ned and I watched our second daughter, Courtney, in a hospital room as a newborn baby or just a few months old. And we had come from a youth convention where I had preached the night before at Ohio State Convention. And, and I had to drive through the night and we had just seen thousands of kids maybe give their heart to Jesus. And I rolled in at 3 a.m. and by then they had told us that we'd never take our daughter out of that hospital. And, uh, but I had prayed from Columbus to Akron Children's Hospital in Ohio in the back of an old 15 passenger van. And I got out at 3 a.m., which is my go time. And I walked into that hospital. They went and they started sending for counselors because they thought I was in shock because I was so calm. And I said, Today's Good Friday, and on Sunday, I'm going to carry her out of this hospital in my arms. <laughs> and they said, even if she got healed right now, we would need that more days than that to figure it out and to, and to take care of her. And I said, no, the Lord's in this room. And her little hand turned into a fist. On our Easter Sunday, we walked out with her, and she's never been in the hospital again. It's not playing head games. It's not me trying to 
to, to defy medical. I believe in medicine, and, and Luke was a, was a doctor who wrote one of the Gospels. I am not dismissing that, but I want you to tell, I'll tell you something. When you put margin and you spend time with God, you walk in an awareness of what he's doing and who he is and when he's at work. And I walked in and was so aware that the Holy Spirit had preceded me into that room and that he was already doing work that I could see that I could put my hope in a, in, a, in a message that was bizarre to any medical staff, but right in line with God. I could have said, that's not how I want you to fix her. I want you to do this and do this and do this. But God just spoke into my heart and said, I'm on it. I'm on it. You see, if relationships aren't priority, they will disappear and be consumed by the monsters of your margin. There are monsters in your mar- to your margin You need your relationship with Jesus and you need your relationship with this church and with other people in your tribe that we talked about. We need those tribes. We need those people that we do life with, that we're with. But if you become just a spectator instead of a contributor, you won't last long in your own tribes. And the monsters of your margin come in. And what are those? Their ego, their insecurity, their ambition. And ego and insecurity and ambition will bully their way into every meaningful relationship and close the door on your tribes. They'll close the door on your connections. They'll close the door on your relationship even with Jesus if they can. Without margins, your relationship with the leader of the tribe, Jesus himself, goes from personal to casual, casual to occasional, occasional to nearly never. And some of you, you've had relationship with God like that before. Man, you were like on it. You never missed. Then it was a little bit off every now and then. Then it was maybe weekly. Then it was church. Then it was sometimes you'd meet up with God at church. And then it was like, man, it's been a while since I opened the Bible because I just wanted to be with Jesus. You see, without margin, your family and your friendships and your faith all lose importance and priority. And love loses too. You stop loving people like Christ loves people without the margin. You just don't have time to add empathy and compassion. That's horrible. So what do we do? I don't want to feel like a loner. I don't want to feel like a loser. And I know attack will come because once you are isolated, once you're all alone, that's who the lion attacks. Once you fall out of the pack and fall out of the tribe, then it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So we've got to remember, we've got to remember to control our stress, pursue relationships, and last, remain faithful. A lack of margin reveals a lack of faith. I got to trust God for the margins because he puts good things in there. Martha chose impressing over pressing in. What do you choose? What defines you? How do you organize your day? Because that's bad for your soul. What areas of your life do you need to let God take first place again? Because he's not interested in third place. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You understand, he's not just hanging around hoping that every now and then you say, hey God, 
Maybe, <coughs> as we used to say in the old times, remember, we need a come to Jesus meeting. Well, here it is. Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are tired and carry heavy loads. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you margin. Accept my teachings and learn from me because I am gentle and I'm humble in spirit. What's a sign that you got proper margins? You're gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest for your lives. The psalmist said in Psalm 46, I already said it, but God says it, be still and know that I am God. When was the last time you enjoyed some guilt-free still time? Just be still. No, the phone's not ringing, I promise. You didn't just get a text message. Nobody needs you that bad on Facebook. Can you separate yourself from all of those things that you think can't live without you? by saying to Jesus, I can't live without you. Because until you can say that to him, we're really saying, I can't live without these other things. But let go. Let go and press in. The Lord will always lead you, Isaiah 58. He will satisfy your needs in dry lands and give strength to your bones. You will be like a garden that has much water, like, like a spring that never runs dry. See, Jesus had these times, and he was anything but lazy. He had to spend time. And these verses that I've shared with you today will help you come to Jesus and be still and rest before him. Let your soul be satisfied in his presence. Many believe in God, but never feel connected or growing. See, it's not enough to believe. Yeah, I believe in God. I I love God. God's awesome. He's cool. Do you know him? Does he speak to you? His word will speak to you every day if you'll open it. And his voice will speak if you listen. So to fix this, we're trying to do more and work harder, sign up for something. And he's going, just be still. The answer is found in enjoying him, not impressing him. The answer is found in enjoying him, not impressing him. I close by simply saying, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom, God's kingdom, and what God wants. Then all the other needs will be met as well. How's he meet all those other needs? Because when you seek God's kingdom and God, he changes into an an eternal perspective on needs. Because a lot of times we're thinking wants, but it's needs. But when you seek first the kingdom of God, and all God wants, then all your needs will be met as well. So what do we do? We control our stress. We pursue relationships and we remain faithful. CPR. Do that this week. Begin to establish margin in your life. Talk it over at lunch. Talk it with your spouse and family. Establish some margin, some space. Guilt free. And spend that time just resting if you need to. Listening to the Lord even listening to the word, but do it and you'll begin again that everyday Jesus life. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence in this place today. And Lord, I just ask that this week, as we desire so deeply to show up for the next generation, to show up for our family, 
Lord, let us have margin with you first, not to impress, but to enjoy you. So that, Lord, you can guide and direct our lives, that you can love us back to life, you can encourage our souls, and that, Lord, we can become more like you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the way you're leading us as your people. And we move forward with this margin. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.